Everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is um, Saturday, April the 9th, 2011, and uh, we're doing episode 14, like I said, and it's a great episode. I normally uh, don't have back-to-back guests. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very picky about who uh, is going to be my guest here on the show. Uh, I've had Joe Matarese, I've had Bill Burr. And uh, today is no exception. I have my, my good friend, um, extremely talented and funny comedian, Sean Quinn's going to be joining me in a second. Uh, Sean is a Philly uh, comic, or a comic out of Philly who was in L.A. for a while, um, and now he's back in Philly. And uh, it's fitting because this is going to be kind of an L.A.-themed show. Um, I want to thank everybody who took part in my great uh, Los Angeles experience last week, uh, as you guys know. Um, Bill Burr was my guest here on the show for episode 13. We had an absolute blast. Uh, everybody seemed to love the show, got great reviews, just bullshitting about uh, sports, about living out in L.A. Uh, I was there from um, Sunday to Thursday, and uh, some cool stuff happened. Not only, um, you know, Bill being on the show, but also um, just going to the Chelsea Lately show with Matt Reese and seeing how that whole process works and getting FaceTime with them because uh, I was... Gonna get booked on Chelsea lately until, of course, my luck, they stop using new faces, but uh, it was really cool, uh, nonetheless, to be out there doing that. I also uh, performed at Sal's Comedy Hole on Melrose on the Joe Rogan and Friends. Melrose, right? I don't, I've never heard of Sal's Comedy Hole. It wasn't there. Oh, it was, That's it the was. worst name for a show. The Comedy Hole just sounds like... Yeah. The worst possible name. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Sean, Sean Quinn is here. Thanks for being on the show, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Sean was a comic who, like I said, from Philadelphia, but lived in Los Angeles um, for about 10, 10 years? Yeah, about that. About 10 years. I was in San Diego for a while. And then, uh, now, how long up. were you doing comedy in Philly? I didn't do comedy before... in Philly at all. Oh, so you moved out to L.A. and started doing comedy there. Well, my dad got a job. He was with the Navy, and he got a job in San Diego. And I was either, like, go to New York or go to California. And I figured it doesn't snow in California. So. Right. Okay. Oh, so I didn't know that. So I thought you did yeah. stand up in, in Philly. No, oh, okay. I, I did it in college a couple of times. You know? Oh, okay. And you were gonna your, your original plan wasn't to be a comedian? No, it was going to be a horse vet, an equine vet. <laughs> and then, <laughs> a horse uh, vet. And what happened there? I just... Uh, Honestly, I was working at the vet hospital, yeah. and the doctor showed up in an uglier car than I had, and I was like, you don't make a lot of money doing this, huh? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, I got a lot of loans and stuff, so I figured, <laughs> I'm not going to go to school for eight years, <laughs> stick my hand in a horse's asshole, and make like 40 grand a year. This wasn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So you just get on stage and try to make that money be... Well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I joke a little bit. No, I, want, I just end up wanting to do comedy. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I wanted to be a comedian, and you know, nice. My nice. parents were really happy about that, so they didn't support it at first, huh? Nah, they supported it. They were just like, it's crazy. You know, like it's 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 risky. Yeah, like yeah. like any caring parent. Yeah, like well, say, why don't you do it for a hobby for a while? Yeah, right, right, right. right. Like building planes or something. Right, like that. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it's it's you know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of comedians, and a lot of comedians say to me, um, you know. Yeah, my parents weren't happy when I made the decision to do comedy. My parents weren't. And I got to be honest, like, it was really weird. Like, maybe my parents, 
either just believed in me that much or like didn't realize the the financial uh or maybe they thought you'd be dead by now anyway so everything <laughs> else is just gravy yeah you're not selling drugs it was it was weird because they're like yeah that's great and i'm like do you know how hard like they, like they were almost too supportive you know like they right. were almost like yeah you're gonna do that it's awesome like and it's like no like this is like hard like you know I would have but you but wanted they, some they, resistance like I didn't want resistance but be a this, parent break my balls a little bit yeah, they I'm gonna were, be broke forever what's they, wrong yeah, with you they were just like insanely like we believe in you um, like my mom was like yeah you're gonna make it like like the day I started I was like yeah, it's a little harder than than yeah. that like she was just like yeah but no a lot of people like my parents like were upset with me my parents didn't you know my parents couldn't believe I took such a such a you know a risky thing and well, we, some people what's really sad is when parents are like yeah, I didn't I don't think you're funny <laughs> <laughs> like that, that actually like some people have said that where they're just like yeah my parents just didn't think that's I was like, hilarious that, though that's like like Your parents don't think you're funny like could you imagine they sit you down and like listen um yeah, gotta we, we, we got to talk to you about this. We, 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 you know, we thought about your decision to be a comedian. And uh, the thing is, you know, we understand what you're trying to do. We just, as your parents who raised you, like, we just don't think you're funny. Yeah, it's like a blind kid. Like, I'm going to be a pilot. Like, <laughs> no, like you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to talk to you, Timmy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, so. The so I was in your neck of the woods or your old neck of the woods. And it was cool, man. I, I performed in the Joe Rogan and show. Uh, Joe Rogan and Friends show at Sal's Comedy Hall, which is going to be a, uh, it actually has a front room now, but what they're doing is they're gutting the back, which is like this big restaurant bakery, they're going to have two showrooms, I think one's going to be a 65-seater, one's going to be like a 150-seater, something like that, um, Joe Rogan is kind of making it, like, seems like he's making it his home That's club, cool. yeah, and, and, you know, which obviously, you know, he's a really respected comic out there, so it was cool, I was on the lineup, it was Doug Benson, it was uh, Brian Callen, then Rogan went on for like an hour at the end, and was working on stuff, so it was a great time out there, I met some great industry people, and the funny thing about Los Angeles is, you see famous people everywhere, yeah, like everywhere, what was that? What was the, what, when I said funny people in in L.A., you just laughed out of nowhere. The funny thing about L.A. is you just busted out. Just like the funny thing about L.A. The like one, there's, like there's the one. one, the one funny thing yeah. about L.A. No, you see famous people all the time, and um, it was weird. I'm on the plane going there from JFK, and the guy from um, Usual Suspects who played Redfoot, and he also played the bad guy with Martin Lawrence in Blue Streak. You, you, you've seen the guy, his, actually his name is Peter Green, but he was on the plane. He's a weird looking dude, but like he was on the plane. And then on the plane coming back was the famous chef Kyle Stone. And Kyle Stone. Kyle Stone. That, that like, he's like the next, he was like the next top chef and now he's a judge of it. Uh, he, was on, he was on Celebrity Apprentice. I don't, I don't understand why chefs are famous. It's like, it's like you used to be like a step up from like an indentured servant and now all of a sudden they have like... Yeah, it's I mean, like athlete status. It's like what? It's like you cook a mean fucking tiramisu, yeah. and you're just like yeah, like you're Jordan all of a sudden. Like Bobby Flay's like the Jordan of like, cooking school. Like, stop it. Yeah, it's and it's like you know what? Like listen, I could cook a mean egg, you know, I could cook a mean egg, and I could cook good chicken cutlets. But it's like if I dedicated my time to making other shit, I could probably be good at it. And I, I would say like you know maybe I'm hating or maybe we're hating a little bit because it does take it's an art form to be a good chef. But at the same time, if I dedicated my life to being in a kitchen trying shit, I'm going to make something that someone thinks is fucking delicious. Yeah, I mean like you, there's only so but many. Sean, ways. you cook. You cook, right? I'm a, I'm a great cook. Yeah, I like you, to cook. You actually, as a matter of fact, I was out in Los Angeles visiting Sean two years ago, um, a couple years back, and he made this. Uh, what did you make on the on the grill? You made um, the salmon. 
No, this no no. You made the zucchini. Oh yeah, the zucchini. He just took zucchini, which I who fucking eats zucchini? You it's know, my favorite vegetable. And no, I know, but like you know, I'm fucking. I don't who want eats? To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I'm like, who eats bread? Yeah, yeah. who eats? Who, like who the eats, whole world who, eats zucchini. Who, who, who are these people? Who drinks water to survive? Yeah. I mean, you know, you sleep under a roof. You know, who does that? No, but I'm like, you know, um, you know, I go to Sean's uh, house and he's grilling zucchini and he's like, no, this is awesome. And he puts it on uh, tin foil and he drills, he drizzles the uh, the olive oil. olive oil on it and he puts garlic on it and he just and then he's just like taste that. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, big deal. He's, he dressed up some zucchini, and all of a sudden, I bit it, and it was fucking incredible. So, in that sense, I understand that this is an art form for these. Well, I mean, you keep food simple, and it's easy, but it's like it's like these like uh, it's like a labor job, like like t- fifty years ago. Right, right. It's right, like right. nobody was like getting fa- like Julia Childs, maybe. But right. Like, like, That's hilarious. No. <laughs> like, what's next? You know what I mean? Like, what's the next like like BS job? Like, like. You know, like the celebrity apprentice gonna have like the best garbage man, best shoe shine guy, just like the nastiest garbage man, and like they just find the guy who just gets it done quickest. Yeah, like Ralph. He gets like three bags per Ralph. Right. (laughs) He's like sanitation engineer of the year. (laughs) He's just like the nastiest garbage man ever. They find him in Wisconsin. They're like, dude, Ralph will knock that out in two hours when it takes the trash (laughs) removal. (laughs) It doesn't even take the truck. Of trash removal. It doesn't even take the truck. Just runs next to it. (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, so, um, so I'm on the plane, and then the mother of um, my big fat Greek wedding, she was on it, and it's just so weird because like when you go to Los Angeles, you see. Then I walked into. Uh, by the way, did you ever eat at Vivian's? I don't. No, I don't think so. Uh, Vivian's is like this famous breakfast place out there. I was down in the valley. We stayed over, but like around Studio City, like in the valley. All right. And um, we ate at um, Vivian's, which is this famous breakfast place, and the mother. You the you know the wife of King of Queens Leah. Something? Oh yeah, she's her her mother owns Vivian's I... for years, like really? for for years and years. Was so we, she there? She she wasn't there, uh, but I, but I go in there and it was a it was it was cool and weird at the same time. I walk in and it's only like eight tables in this little like when you first walk in and just Mike Epps is sitting there with his three kids and his wife and he's just sitting there and he's just like and I'm and it was just so weird because it's like. Not that, like, you get starstruck, but it's just L.A. is just filled with everybody in the business that, like, wherever you go, you see somebody. Yeah. And you're just like, so Mike Epps is sitting there. And then we walk in the back, and all the tables have, like, somebody either that you kind of recognize or, like, uh, Ralph Harris, another comedian, was sitting in the back. And then I was there with comedian Joe Matarese, um, who did Chelsea uh, when I was out there. And he was like, oh, there's my friend Kyle, who's a comic, and he's done a special. And he was with this other kid who's in, in commercials. And you're sitting down, you're eating eggs, and you just hear all these tables talking about the business. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, like, it was a part of me, and me and Joe had, like, this really cool moment afterwards where I was like, you know what, I'm glad... That I, on some real honest honesty, I'm so glad that, like, I have a family and other shit. To break in, your balls. In, in my life. Yeah, well, to just make you, like, make it normal. Yeah, You it's, know, <clears throat> it's kind of sad that, like, these people are just everything. Everything they think about revolves around. Everything they think about not only revolves around the show business, but themselves. Yeah. And it's like, sad. And, and listen, I, I get it, because that's the business they're in. That's why they moved right. to L.A. You are the product. You are the product. You moved to L.A. for this. But to just hear somebody dwell on it, it kind of makes me think like, wow, I really, I want to take the, the Ray Romano path or the path of somebody who actually has a life, a family life, and is just doing what they love to do. Yeah. You know, I love doing stand-up comedy, and I hope I get all the things that, you know, can come, come your way with doing it as you get better. But if I'm sitting there and all I'm doing is obsessing about myself 
and about the business. Like you lived in LA for ten years and you you saw it more than oh probably anybody. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. It's off. I remember when I was uh, when I was there for just a little bit and my friends came out from Philly to visit and I yeah. was like, oh, the industry, you know, and I was throwing that and like they just started ripping me. They're like what industry? Like you know, movies and stuff. And they're like the industry is that what you call it? You dick. He's like, there's right. other industries. Nobody knows right. what the fuck you're talking about outside That's of LA. hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't understand the industry. And you're like, you're an asshole. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, and I've talked to a lot of comedians that do this. And any comedians that are listening to this podcast right now, um, you do have to be. It's what Chris Rock said when they said, you know, to Chris Rock, what advice would you give any up-and-coming comedian? And he said, plain and simple, he said, you go to New York or L.A. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. I mean, that that's... Chris Rock is hilarious. He goes, yeah, he goes, uh, you could be the funniest guy in Detroit. Don't matter. Well, there's other cities that you can work at. Like, I wouldn't just go there right away. Well, no, no, no. I, mean? I think you have to establish yeah. your set. Yeah, get funny. I think you get funny, you establish your set, but I think once you get good and you start to get a feel for it, yeah, I think you need to be in one of the. Like, you need great to, places to come up. Like if your city doesn't have a scene, like go to San Francisco. Well, I heard. Chicago. I mean, I mean, Philadelphia, where you from, where you're from, has a great scene. Uh, Boston has a great scene. Boston has a great. You know, scene. San Francisco, San Seattle. San Francisco is ridiculous. Th those are, and even like DC. Like, there's a lot of places where you can get up on stage and be funny and have a good time doing it, and even be with good comedians. But I think ultimately, yeah, I agree with that. When you need to get seen and have things happen. You need to be in one of the two major. You need to be, you know, and, and, and somebody said this to me, and I don't know if I agree with this anymore because I was just out there and some people said, somebody said this is a myth. Industry's out at clubs way more in L.A. than it is in New York. I agree with that to, to I guess, in the sense that everybody in, in show business, producers, directors, they are all more out in L.A. for acting. You're out in L.A. more. So maybe you can be seen more because in New York City, there's really not, yeah. In New York City, you could go on stage and kill, and the, and somebody matter. and somebody coming up to you going, "Hey, man, I'm with I'm with, I'm I produce a show, and I'd like to." That happens, but it, it happens far and few between, and it's not like industry sitting in the audience. Where I think in LA, may uh, not as much as people think, but they're they're out there a little more, right? They're out there a little more, but like with, like with my management, like they would come to see me, and that's it. Like if somebody said, "Oh, there's big industry in the room," they're there to watch their guy. And that's yeah. it. And if you're lucky enough to go on right before and their kill. guy and kill it, right. then maybe they'll notice you. But like my my agent would leave the show immediately after I was on, and then sit it and like talk to me about like yeah, it was about you. Yeah, it was about me. They didn't they didn't care like that. So, I mean, you get lucky sometimes. Like I right. got lucky. I found my manager just being out. Uh, one time, Cuba Gooding Jr. came up to me. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you. That, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Sean has like one of those typical stories where you feel like it's like in a movie, or literally like like a fantasy of what what can happen to a comedian. Sean was out in California and had something happen. So, uh, Sean, why don't you tell the story to the listeners of uh, that night exactly like what happened, how it went down. And, uh, you know, the, the emotions that you have. You, so this uh, is a great story. So check this out. I don't know if it's a great story, but... I, I thought, it's a great story. I thought I, thought I was... My career was set after that, but I went to the uh, comedy store. You know what's so funny? You're a typical, like, comedian that, like, it is a great story, but you're just, like, you know... I don't know. Uh, like the under-promise and over-deliver. You know it's, I mean? it's, <laughs> it's a great fucking story, but go ahead. No, nah, well, it's... Um, I was at the comedy store. I was in the belly room, and everybody that was just buzzed over like and this was when Cuba Gooding Jr. I think just won an Oscar or something like that. It was like, Oh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s here and everybody was like, you know, don't pay attention to it, you know. Like but everybody was excited or whatever. So it's I, easy to say don't pay attention to it, but the bottom line is a huge movie star sitting right there. Yeah, and this is like this was before Snow Dogs, so <laughs> <laughs> 
That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is before he totally sold yeah. out for money? No, no. It's, it give me the opportunity. I'll sell out for dude, money. I'll I'm sell so out. tired I, of being I, broke. I you will know sell I mean? the fuck out. Yeah, fucking, I will be the spokesperson yeah. for Colgate tomorrow. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> at like 75 cents in my pocket right now. Um, now, but Cuba Gooding Jr., looks, well, I did my set, and I guess I had a good set, and... Um, friend comes up to me and says, oh, Cooper Gooding Jr. wants to talk to you. So like, we're already right there. Right there, it's like you, you're performing um, and you kill it. And Cuba Gooding Jr., huge movie star, wants to talk to you. Yeah, that's, was, that's, that's, that's insane. That was cool. I was excited. You know, he came up to me and he's like, he was there with his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. And he's like, hey, I'm doing a movie. Uh, I want to put you in it. And, um, you know, I'm not the director, but like, I have some pull. And I was like, you fucking kidding me like this is ridiculous like that's insane yeah and i was like yeah yeah sure and then he was like who's your manager and i didn't have a fucking manager you know so i like was some guy i knew who i knew managed sometimes and i said his name i was that's like go fraser smith and then i, I get like <laughs> i leave the shot it's like midnight. oh my neighbor bob yeah, tim mcgraw i don't even make it up names i'm gonna go find somebody with that name <laughs> All right, buddy, you're gonna you be got, my manager. You got the not, you got <laughs> yeah. the nine uh, X yellow pages. Yeah, I just started. You're calling like, all right, listen, Bob Smith, listen, I kind of threw you under the bus. <laughs> I need your help. Yeah, no, but I, I called this guy and I told him what happened, and so then he acted as you know my manager, which was such a dumb thing to do. I should have just been honest and be like, I'm not. Cuba, did you call? Yeah, they talked a little bit, and then I don't know what happened. Like somehow it just went away. Like I, I literally drove home and uh, my to my roommate, and he was. Uh, this dude Lamont, he was trying to be a writer, and I walked in with this big smile on my face, and he like jumped up off the couch. He's like, "What's going on? Are you blowing up?" And I was like, I'm "Blowing up!" Like oh, I thought it was man. thought it was done, you know. I thought like I started like yeah. Ferrari shopping the next day, you know. <laughs> you're like yeah. you're like all right, so yeah, uh, yeah. I made it. Yeah, I started telling him I'm like, "You need to find another roommate because uh, I'm gonna be buying a mansion." Oh, I had like, no idea how things worked. It's so funny. That guy could have been a guy that looked like Cuba Gooding Jr. You still would have bought a Benz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have bought a Benz and been like, yeah, like it's when, over. When LeBron's mom bought the Hummer for him, you know, oh. based on what he was going to do. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fortunately, it worked out for them. She got arrested. We gotta talk, we'll talk about that after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then did you have something happen with, uh, was it Courtney Cox's company? Oh, no, I was just, I did, you know, I did a showcase uh, for my, you know, just like, oh, what's so much bullshit in L.A.? Yeah, It's yeah. like, you know, people tell you one, th and like I don't know what the fuck happened, but my uh, did a showcase, an industry showcase where your like agent will set you up and invite all this industry, and then like everybody came up to me, and was like, oh yeah, you know, I think they want to work with you, this and that, and then we'll set up meetings and everybody, and I don't know what happened, but nothing happened, you yeah, know, nothing ever, you know. See that, see that's the thing. It's like this business, and 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 for you said something to me a long time ago when we first became friends, and and it was really true, and it's like. Nothing is real until the check is cashed. Yeah, until you it, eating food with the money from the check. Absolutely, that's a great <clears throat> way. Yeah, it's it's true because, you know, you can you can be so and I think being even keeled is is important. Like you need to know. Yeah, I killed. Like I remember, you know, um, a Biggie when uh, I guess when uh, Biggie P, Smalls. Yeah, Biggie Smalls when P Diddy approached him and was like, "Dude, I'm gonna make you a star." He kind of just looked at him like, "Yeah, whatever." Like, like, yeah, let's talk to me. And that, that's actually kind of cool that he was like that because he wasn't like a lot of people. If somebody, you know, in the industry goes, dude, I'm going to make you a star. We're going to do this. You get like, you feel good. But he would just looked at him like, dude, who are you bullshitting? Like, let, let me see something. And I think that's how you need to be. You need to be. The only thing that we can control, I feel, as a comic is um, our, our on stage. Yeah. 
Right. You know, our jokes, our writing, our commitment, you know, um, the way we handle ourselves and our business. And that's really all we can handle. After that, it's up to industry and other people to, to you know, get you in certain <coughs> things. Well, you know, I mean, it's up to us to... No. It's different now, you know what I mean. It wasn't like it was before, where you just be funny and then like things happen. Like no, you no, no, you create your own. But absolutely, like listen, it's not about funny. Like you, you can be funny, but you have to be like I said before. You have to be great at business. Yeah. You know, um, you have to. Uh, you have to be like you, Barack Obama. Yeah, you have to. Community organizer. Yeah, yeah, you have. To, <laughs> yeah, you have to have a great team around you. Uh, that could get you elected president with no experience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, like this guy's handing out flyers one week. Yeah. Got this his finger on the button the next. This guy's organizing a ping pong tournament in right. some shitty community. Right. Elks and next Lodge thing you know, in he's Chicago. Gonna, <laughs> Elks Lodge in Chicago. We're going to beef and beer. We're going to have a 50-50. Now he's running stuff. It's and hilarious. And silent auction. And uh, after that, I'm going to take Air Force One to Bermuda. It's amazing like how people just believe anything. Anything yeah. like you could just tell somebody something and, and they believe anything, but um, no. But going back to the going back to you know the comedy thing, I feel that we do have to be way better business people now than we did back in the day. Like yeah. back in the day, you didn't do anything but get on stage. Now, you know what John Panette goes? John Panette goes, dude, you don't pay me to get on stage. He goes, you, you pay me to travel. He goes, that's all we do. We right. drive, we travel. The stage is no. it's almost like the stage <clears throat> now. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's the easy part, but like that's what we do and that's what we know. But other than that, Our you, you have to be like great at networking. You right. have to be a great business person. You have to be good with people. You have to like really like sell your brand. You have to be like really up on internet shit. <laughs> you know, like you have to like. There's so many things that you need to do now in comedy to to really take it to the next level. And it's just not about funny. But I feel like the one thing we control the most is if you get undeniably good. To the point where you're killing and people, it's just undeniable. Eventually, I believe that, you know, somebody's going to go, all right, dude, this dude's fucking. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that, you know what I mean? I mean, after a while, like, if yeah. you shove it down their throat and be like. I mean, if you're just a beast going like, all over the country. You know, if, if, if you put rooms. a basketball player on the court and he just drops 45 every game, eventually someone's going to go. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, like, yeah, this guy, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, this guy, yeah, this guy, no bad. this guy's dropping Break his balls. triple doubles, like, for. Man, he's playing against bad teams. Yeah, <laughs> guy does everything great, just still yeah. doesn't. Yeah, so, you know, I, I just feel like in L.A. you may have a little bit more of an opportunity. Yeah, I the, don't know. But the com comedians are, and, and we've talked about this, comedians in L.A., and they even say it, they are weaker than in New York. Would you agree? I, I don't know. I will say this. I think comedians are weaker who, you know, their main goal is to get on TV. Right. And because and the comedy is more of just like like... You know, like, their credits are like, you can tell them about my commercials. Like, nobody gives a shit about your commercial. Right, like, right. Like, that's exactly. not a credit. Like, so, so then fuck it's, yourself. But since like, LA... But since sorry, LA, are we allowed to curse? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a podcast. We're doing yeah. my podcast. No, you can't curse. We got to right, right, right. we we'll edit, edit that out. out. You know what sucks is we got 12% we got power left on this fucking Mac, and this thing is not working. Here, no, means, switch it. Try, pull, plug it in here. No, but you know what happens? Sometimes I got to undo the battery. Which ends everything. Yeah, no, we're, we, we're going to be... So uh, we have 12% left to talk well, to we'll you. Well, see, we'll see. Or maybe if it stops, I could save this and we'll add on to it. So, so folks, if you hear like a little pause and then it starts again, it's just because we're just we, resta we just restarted <laughs> We just restarted it. Um, but no, but what you just said is is, is kind of going to the point that everybody in L.A. is trying to get on TV. So yeah, that, not that everybody. Makes, well, the majority... But a lot of the people in L.A., the main goal is to get on TV. And like, I just... 
you know, that's not my main goal. Like, my main goal is to be a great comedian. Right. And, great know, stand-up. Yeah, great stand-up comedian. Yeah, like, yeah. that, like, why why can't that be the end right, goal? Right. right. You know? Well, I mean, eventually, like, I, I like, you know, Chris Rock's path. You know, I like the path of just getting great at stand-up. But then, you know, get yourself into, you know, get yourself seen and get some exposure. You know, I, listen, man, I, I look at it like this. If I'm making a living doing what I love to do and making some money, man, I'm happy. Making people, you know, laugh and just getting good. For me, that's good for me. And whatever comes after that for me is gravy. I don't know how, I mean, of course, listen, do, 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 we all want to be, you know, in this business. We want to get into the movies. We want to get good agents uh, that can do that. But at the same time, if I'm making fucking, you know, high, you know, six figures or even mid six figures in this and, and I'm raising a family and just, you know, a respected comic, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, if I could just do stand-up and make a lot of money doing that, I would do that. Because you get on TV, it's cool, but that's a job. You yeah, gotta yeah. get up early every morning. You're there. Which doesn't agree with comedians or me. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> too close to a job for me. You gotta be there all the time, and, you know, you can't curse at people, you know. Like, like, I can honestly say, I am, I can't curse at people, that's hilarious. <laughs> but but I, I, I am, I, I fall in the, in the stand-up comedian category of definitely Night Owl. Like, some comics can get up and just be... I know comics that... I know good comics that are up early and, and can go on stage at night and still be up early. Not me. Like, I am the type of comedian that the lifestyle is, is the way I've always been since I was a little kid, which is, you know, I like to sleep in. Um, um, I come alive, like, once the sun starts going down. Yeah, like, it's, it's just 1.30 now, and I'm exhausted. Like, I'm not awake until... Yeah, like, like I'm, like, two hours away from being, like, fucking feeling up. Good. Like, yeah. feeling good. Yeah, like, ready too. for the day. Um... <clears throat> and and I, I I don't know man I just look at it like I just this whole selling your soul in L A to you know to get like like you said like, to get your wrist in a fucking watch commercial or to do something and then like tell everybody about get it. your wrist in a watch commercial <laughs> yeah like just, <laughs> just just anything you know I just got the sense and no and I will say this and I said this before uh, on the last podcast when I had uh, Bill Burr on as my guest I didn't like California uh, but this last trip I took when I went into you know to uh, see where, you know, where Bill lived, and I went up in the hills, and I saw some really nice neighborhoods. It was like, wow, there is a way to live out there. There's a level of living out there, not even the top level. I'm not talking about Hollywood Hills with fucking, you know, $4 million mansions. I'm talking about there's a nice lifestyle that where you could, you could even live, like, modestly out there, which wasn't as, you know shitty as certain areas uh, of Los like Angeles. My neighborhood. Like the, no, but, you know, <laughs> no, but your neighborhood, which was what, Silver Lake? Silver Lake, yeah. I thought, I thought that that was actually, like, there were certain areas in your block were nice and, yeah, like, like, you know, livable. If you like skinny jeans and fixed gears, you're fine. Yeah, if you like fucking hipsters who just... You like guys who look like girls? Then, uh, <laughs> if you like guys who look like, who wear tighter jeans than girls and wear yeah. girl sneakers, it's you fucking awesome. You see the outline of some dude's balls when you're walking around? <laughs> and I moved to Silver Lake. <laughs> No, but it was actually really nice, and I went hiking, I played golf, like, I did the whole California experience, and I loved everything about it, the only thing I didn't like was how when you do talk to people, it is so involved, it is, it is like... That's all they had to talk about. It's like they're robots, though, you know, like, there was nothing real, it wasn't like you're talking to somebody, like, it just seemed to me like it was just like, and I know that's what you got to talk about, because that's what they're doing, but it just seemed like, it was like... If I don't do this, I'm not going to make it. Like, I got to make it. You know, I'm getting older. You know, industry doesn't look if you're that old. What am I going to, what do I have to do to get to the next level? All right. And it just seemed for me, Sean, I'm just being honest. It just seemed for me that it was a very, like, it was a very, almost a sad, 
it was just very sad and it made me realize that like you know having a family and doing it the way that I'm doing it not to say that I'm doing it the best way because I have a family and definitely you know I got to make money and keep doing this and and you know thank God I have you know a great wife who you know, supports me and, and, and she has a great job. And so don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, I definitely have help and, and a support system, but I like the fact that I have a, you know, I feel like I'm grounded because of my family and it's not everything. Like I'm, I love doing what I do and I'm going to get up and keep going. Hopefully, you know, in the direction I'm going in, same thing with you. But like, if like me and you talk to, on the phone or we hang out, we'll talk, we shoot the shit about sports. We'll shoot the shit about a bunch of different things. And it's not just like constantly about like what's going on in the business always. And and, and if it was, that would be sad to me. Yeah, well, and, and another thing too, I think is people move to LA and they leave their family and they're out there. And so you don't, you're not going to family barbecues. You're not going to like your niece's birthday parties and like you're not doing that stuff. So all you have is your career and you know, and that's all you have to talk about. Like I've been back in Philly for a little while now. Um, just had surgery, hanging out with my family, and it's great. Yeah. You know, I get to, like, see everybody. I'm going to birthday parties. I'm going to, like, cookouts. You know, yeah. it's like, it's a different thing. So you're just not so focused on the industry, and you realize that your family and all that is an important aspect Ab of it. Absolutely, you know. <clears throat> Absolutely. Like, and I, I feel like it's just, with, with anything else in life, it's a balance. Yeah, you got to have know? a balance. You got to have a balance. Like, you could be like, all right, you know, you work really hard, so then you party a little hard. But if you just do one or the other, it's like, oh, all that dude does is work, all that dude does is party. Right. You know, or woman. You know, all they do is that. So, um, all right, well, you know what? My, my suggestion to any comedian would be go check out... Uh, Check out Los Angeles and see, you know, see this, see the scene out there. There is fewer clubs. You They're got the, through, you got the, yeah. you got the comedy store. Uh, you got Land the Laugh Factory. Factory. There's yeah. a lot of great rooms. Though. There's, there's rooms, and then now there's going to be Sal's Comedy Hall, which people should look out for. Um, and if you are in town on Wednesday nights, go check out the Joe Rogan and Friends show at Sal's Comedy Hall because it's like this tight little hundred people. You know, really like it's like it's like, cool. it's like eight mile, dude. Like they're right on the stage, and they set up this nice stage, and it's just really, really cool. And it brings in like totally cool crowds, uh, mixed crowds, and uh, awesome comics. So uh, check that out. Um, and that was pretty much my LA trip. I got like I said, I did a lot of great things out there. I saw a lot of great things. And the cool thing is, this was one of the coolest things that happened to me out in LA. I'm out there. You saw Swingers, right? Yeah. There's a part in Swingers when they go to the Dresden and they each of them, like I think six of them, and they all have just one, separate they, cars. They all have separate cars. I swear to God, we were sitting at South Comedy Hall and we're like, where do you want to go? And they're like, let's go get a drink at the Dresden. So we're like, all right, let's go. And all of a sudden, we're outside the like, South Comedy Hall and I go, oh, who's driving? Like, oh, I got my car. And somebody else goes, oh, I got my car. And I swear to God, we rolled up five cars. Everybody separately, five cars to the Dresden, like in the park around there, like, too. Yeah, it's a monster. Yeah, we, we had to park in the front, and somebody else had to park around the side, and we were waiting for the other people to park. Um, but it was just weird how, how that happened. And then my last night, uh, which was Wednesday night, I did the Joe Rogan show, and then I was ready to go home and get ready to fly early in the morning. And I'm sitting in a diner in LA, and somebody goes, Oh, yeah, you remember Swingers? And I go, Yeah, and they go, Yeah, this is the diner and the last scene that they were in. Um, where I guess, uh, you know, Vince Vaughn's like, oh, I'm the asshole, I'm the asshole here, and he's handed somebody his eggs and his pancakes, and that's, um, that's where I ended up uh, eating my last thing, so it was kind of weird, but it was cool, because we did the swingers thing, but almost real life, right, so right. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a cool trip, and, um, and now, uh, this week, um, I am performing with Sean, Sean is uh, on the show with me here, uh, we are in um, Sackett's Harbor, New York, 
by Lake Ontario. We were about a five-hour drive from my house, which is in Westchester. And uh, we did a show last night. We had a great time. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's beautiful, though. It, Sean's a little into it more than I am. I like it, but, like, you know, Sean sees a stream, and he's like, this is great. And I'm just like, all right, when the fuck are we leaving? Yeah, it's, uh, like, yeah, it's like, like everywhere you turn, it's like a painting. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're in the mountains here, but um, and tonight should be a great a great crowd. You're miserable. No, I'm not miserable, but, like, I'm just, it's so funny how I stay far, as far away from the city or, like, where we're performing as possible. Yeah, I know. Like, here's the thing. We're performing at the, um, it's called the Lake Ontario Playhouse, and everybody's done the room from Kevin James, Martin Lawrence. Like, everybody's done it at some point, like, when they're coming up, and they asked me to do it. And, uh, you know, right away, I think of my friends to come with me. So I was like, Sean, come up there with me, man. Because, A, I don't want to be fucking miserable. And, B, I like working with you. So uh, we, we're, we're doing this thing. And it's in a building which uh, was uh, built in uh, 1906. Yeah. And in the back of it, and you could just feel the history. It's like this big brick facility. And you just go in the back, and they have like a... I guess like a 200-seat little... Yeah, it's I, nice. I don't know if you'd call it a theater, but it's... it's, a, kind of, it's they it's, actually put on plays there. Like, they put on <laughs> plays there, yeah. Like, so... We, you know, we go into this thing, and the room was three-quarters full last night. But you just... And apparently it might be haunted because there was, like, some, <laughs> some fucking old people. So I, I don't even want to fucking Everybody deal with says this. That. Everybody who's got a building that was, like, 100 years old, like, it's haunted. Yeah, as, like, soon, as, as soon as something, like, reaches a certain age, they're like, yeah, oh, like, oh now it's haunted. Yeah. They graduated. <laughs> but, like, even if I hear the word haunted, like, I don't want to fuck with anything like that. Like, the last thing I want to do is be, like, concentrating on my comedy and putting on a good show for people and just seeing something walk by. Are that you will serious? Fuck, yeah, that will fuck me up, dude. Nothing's gonna walk by. <laughs> what do you, how do you know? Cause it's not real. Like look at like every TV like Ghost Hunters. Like every episode. Why do people keep watching? That's hilarious. It's been on for like six years. They never find shit. Every episode <laughs> is like this big build up. To I'm like, just waiting for like everybody's. That's funny. Ghosts were real. One of these jackasses would have found Ooh. something by now. Yeah, like I want to see a ghost sit on a couch and be like, all right, dude, let's talk. Like that. Yeah, would like be... if I was a ghost, I like. I mean, what is it like? It's like like Fight Club. Nobody talks about it. Like after you die, like all right, nobody can really know. Like, <laughs> like. Well, anyway, we had a good time last night. We got one more uh, show tonight um, here, and then uh, it's uh, it's back home. And I'll talk about my show next week at the end of the show. Uh, right now, I want to get into a little sports. Uh, Sean is a huge sports fan from Philadelphia, um, and uh, your Phillies look yeah. good. Yeah, they do. You got a great lineup. Uh, starting pitching lineup. The rotation's great. Yeah. Our, um, our bats are a little... I mean, they're doing well. They're playing small ball. They're getting hits. It's uh, it's, it's nice to see. Isn't it funny how people like, lose their minds the first week? Yeah, I know. The funniest shit I heard was Carl <laughs> Crawford on the uh, Boston Red Sox had a bad first three games, and there was, like, panic in the papers about him. It's like three fucking games. Can the yeah. guy... Like, spring train... Like, the guy just unpacked. Right, right, Like, the right. guy just unpacked, and he just, like, struck out or, like, popped out, and they're like, ah, I think he's done. Yeah, no. I think, you know, this like is a you, bust. They'd be like you, like, 20 seconds into your set. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Paul Verzi. Ooh. Yeah, you know Ooh. what? I don't like this guy's jeans. I'm walking. Um, So, the Yankees and Phillies have a chance to meet again. Yeah, they have a chance. What happened in the last time that they met in the World Series? Do you remember? I remember hating your guts. So, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I remember uh, beating you guys in six. Oh, jeez. Was it geez. six? I think it oh, was. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. You know, what's, you know what the thing about Philly fans is? You guys, the one thing I'll never get over is you guys puked on a... Like, it, like throwing peanuts wasn't enough. 
You know, heckling somebody wasn't enough. Chanting asshole and throwing a peanut or saying, eh, you loser, you fuck, you know, or even looking at somebody with another team's hat and just start saying, that team sucks, this team sucks. No, you guys had to just go, I'm taking it another level. I'm going to drink a beer, <laughs> you know, I'm going to boil up my stomach and I'm just going to Ralph hot vomit on somebody. Like, how can, that is the most, that is the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah, I would rather be stabbed yeah. than have somebody puke it's, on it's me. It's almost like find me outside and jump me. Right, right, right. Then, then, Break my nose. Like, like, But here's the thing. What is your mentality of that? Like, all right, dude, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to puke on that guy. Like, maybe, like, it was, like, maybe it was an accident. Like, I'm not willing to say that that was planned. You know, you throw snowballs at Santa. Santa was drunk. <laughs> I was at, I just set him up for that, guys, because every time I tell Sean, you guys suck. Everybody gives a shit because, because we, we because booed Santa Claus, okay? But Sean's argument is Santa Claus was drunk, so he deserved Santa it. Santa Claus was drunk, so he had it coming. And I heard also that he was in the stands, and they called him down. Like, I don't know what was going on, That's... but, like, if you're going to be Santa, don't be drunk. I mean, we like our fictional characters to be sober. But one thing I will give <laughs> Philly fans that you got to is the level of passion that you guys have for for I mean, part of it is and I'm really not saying this to be a dick I'm really not so you're gonna think oh he's taking a cheap shot I'm not taking a cheap shot at Philly fans but I think since you guys haven't won in football I think that that Ever. contributes that like you can only go nuts like you can only you know go nuts every time something happens because you're just waiting and wanting that fucking moment of bliss yeah which you're yeah. never gonna get as long as the Giants are in your division oh no, my god. <laughs> Eli Manning looks like a seven-year-old playing football. He just looks like he hates football. Whiny little chinless bitch. <laughs> I will give you, he does look like it's almost like unenjoyable yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like he's miserable. That's funny. <laughs> chinless I just, bitch. I just, I've never seen somebody have so little, like, fun. Uh. <laughs> like... Uh. Brett Favre, say what you will, but he had, like, enthusiasm. It was fun to watch. You could tell the guy was having a good time. He, like, he, Peyton Manning, he looks like he's having fun. Like, Eli. Yeah, Eli. Looks like his parents made him clean his room or something like that. He's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> God, guys. Come no. on. <laughs> fucking girl. I will give you this. You know, he may look like a... You know, he may look like a little sourpuss, sourpuss <laughs> baby sometimes, but dude, he got it. He he got it done for us. You know, he won a Super Bowl for us, and uh, yeah, that was I've shocking. Seen, I've seen glimpses of him really play good, and he's you know, I mean, he's he's had good receivers, he's had a good running game, but he's got the job done. Um, you know, and he's not puking in the huddle like uh, somebody else's quarterback that I know. Uh, how bad is that? Like how how bad of an example is that to set to your fucking to set to the troops going into war? Yeah. Just, you just start puking, and you're like, all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, 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 if I saw that, I'd be like, ah, oh, we're fucked. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this is, is not going to go well. This is, this is not going to go well. This guy's puking. Imagine, like, George Washington puking. Yeah, that's, what, that's a bit I got. Oh, yeah, I got that's that right. bit about dude, MacArthur. General MacArthur uh, just looks at the troops. He's like, all right, boys, you know, <laughs> we're going to war. And some of us may not be coming back. And then he just leans over. He's like, ah! He's like, <laughs> the soldier's like, all right, dude, uh, this isn't uh, going to go so well. Yeah. <laughs> we're fucked. Um... All right, speaking of sports, I want to talk about this. This is current, um, and this is something that truly bothers me, and we were talking about this last night. Uh, the Masters are going on right now, okay? Today is uh, Saturday, so the, this is round three of the four rounds for the Masters, and um, Tiger Woods was in contention after thir the Thursday, shooting a minus one. Yesterday, I heard he didn't do so well. Tiger Woods has been playing horrible golf since this whole scandal, since all the shit that happened with these women. 
Um, it's going on, I don't know what it is now, 17 months or whatever Off. it is. Yeah, it's, it's been really bad for the guy who was basically like on top of the world. Like Tiger Woods, see this is the thing. Tiger Woods wasn't good, okay? Tiger Woods wasn't even great. Tiger Woods made the game easier. He made people what? Nobody cared about golf before Tiger Woods. No, he, he like somebody said that people wanted the game to like they wanted to change the rules to make it easier because of how dominant he was. That's oh yeah, right, right, right. Like they that, wanted the like the, yeah, they want they literally like Tiger Woods was so is so good at golf when he's on his game that it's not even the other players can't even compete, folks. Most dominant ever. Like they can't anything. they can't even compete. That's the thing. All of these people that are like talking shit now. So, so this is why I got mad. Uh, this this uh, Irish kid, uh, Rory McIlroy, okay, who's a great golfer. He's a young kid. He's 21 years old. Maybe he spoke out of turn because he, you know, he doesn't get it yet, and he and he's a young kid. I get that. But for him to open his fucking mouth and say. Nobody's afraid of Tiger Woods anymore. Nobody cares anymore. Like Tiger's not dominant anymore. Here's here. here first of all, it's so ridiculous. Well, he's not. No, I'm not saying that the kid is wrong, but the bottom line is you don't say that when you have zero fucking titles. You have zero. You've done nothing. You've right. done nothing but show that you have the potential to win at golf, but you've done nothing. You're a 21 year old kid, and you are talking about a god. You are talking about that would be like me or you as comedians going, yeah, you know, I'm not fucking afraid to follow Chris Rock because he's fucking he's a has been. Like two years ago when fucking George Carlin was still alive, yeah, fucking he's it's, a has been. He's done. You don't say that, regardless of even if it's true, okay? Even if it's true, okay? It's almost like watching Don Rickles and he's still sharp and he's in his 80s. In five years, what if he can't do it anymore? Is some young comic gonna go? Oh, Don Rickles lost it. Nobody cares about seeing him anymore. It's like. Fucking, I'm not saying bow to people, but have the fucking respect. Uh, 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 Rory McIlroy, win, win. How many masters? Tiger's four masters away from tying Jack Nicholas, which is the most. Four majors, right? Wait, what did I say? Masters. Four majors. Yeah. Four majors away. Whether it's yeah, exactly. Well, it could be the British. So all I'm saying is, when a guy has accomplished what Tiger Woods has accomplished, and now he's going through something, for you as a 20, 21 year old kid to open your mouth and say nobody's afraid of Tiger Woods. Maybe that's yourself psyching yourself up to like get into it if that's what you're doing. But I have a real problem with people talking shit about somebody who is just done, like do something. Give the average a break, man. No, no, something. The thing is, is nobody cares about golf. Like if Tiger's not playing, nobody's watching. Nobody gives a shit. I mean, golf fans. Okay, but I'm not watching golf. If I don't care about film. Fat Phil Mickelson, you know what I mean? No, like, no, no. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I sort of care, but like that's it. You like, know what's Tiger funny? I didn't like Phil. Phil Mickelson until I found out they put him in the Italian American Hall of Fame because his mother's, because uh, his mother's Italian. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's stupid, but it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, he's Italian. Well, maybe he's not that bad. Fat. Yeah, he can't he's be a that little bad. Fat. He's just, he's I mean, I like him because he's not perfect, and he drinks, and he's like this little fat guy playing golf, which is like <laughs> proof that golf isn't a sport. You know, if you if you can be fat and drunk and play something, you can't. Say it's a sport. It's a game. It's a, yeah. It's, it's a, a way to ruin a nice walk. It's, a, <laughs> it's like you know, I want to go outside, see the sunshine, but I want to raise my blood pressure and get annoyed. Uh, oh, I know. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on with these levels, but we're gonna see. It's hilarious. Um, just some technical stuff, folks, that we're looking at here, which is yeah, funny. Yeah, because we're smart with computers. Yeah. Paul's computer apparently. You need to take the battery out for it to charge. Yeah, I got this, and and I tried to fix it at the Mac store, and I thought yeah. they did fix it, so they gave me a new charger. Apparently, it's something with the battery, but. Um, we're giving you guys the goods here. We're on 40-something minutes, and we're not even close to done. we got a lot to cover here. Um, but, no, I just feel like when you talk about somebody that is 
an icon, okay? When you talk about somebody that, I'm not talking about a star, people. I'm not talking about, I'm talking mm -hmm. about a Babe Ruth level, yeah. a Michael Jordan level, like a Muhammad Ali level. There's only about four or five guys at this, as, as far as that status, okay? You got Babe Ruth, you got Michael Jordan, you got Muhammad Ali, okay? And then you had Tiger Woods, and then Tiger Woods, unfortunately, in front of America, just had a fucking colossal... A woman ruined him. See, that's what a woman can do. If a woman can do that to the best ever at anything. Like, it's, Tiger, you could argue that he's the best ever... Like, the pace he was on was ridiculous. Sex, basically, the, the female vagina... Just destroys you. T made Tiger Woods... It's unbelievable. It's unlike yeah. I've never seen a guy just basically. Fall apart. Yeah, it was. It's not even like he's horrible at golf either. He's like, if this was all he ever was, he'd still be a millionaire. You know what I mean? Like, if I was as good as he is right now at golf, I'd be happy with that. Oh yeah, like, but see, that's that's but, but that what you're saying right now is exactly my point. Is that this guy wasn't good and better than everybody? It was a dominant. It was right. like it was like uh, uh, somebody who's six foot playing basketball against a kindergartner. Like it just he was that much better. <laughs> Like it yeah. was, it was a joke. Golfers, golfers resented him. They hated him because they just could not compete. They were. I'm not joking around. Look this up. They wanted to change rules because he was that much better than everybody. It was not even fun or like fair. Like a horse putting weights on a like, horse. Yeah, or it was like just. That. It was just a joke. So now that this guy is human now, these golfers. I mean, some golfers are actually like you know smart and are going, hey, he's gonna come around, and that's Tiger Woods, and and you know. But these these young kids who are like, oh, I'm not afraid of him anymore. It's like you fucking moron. Well, Win some. Here's what I want to say. If you win a major or two and then go on and they're like, hey, do you think you can repeat? What about Tiger Woods? Then you could go, well, you know what? People, Tiger Woods aren't, isn't really in the game anymore and, and, you know, it's my time. That's one thing. But when you've won nothing, don't open your mouth. Yeah, and I, it's because of that that I'm not rooting for this kid. Well, I, I don't care. I, mean, I like a little shit talking. You know what I mean? Like, go back it up. And if Tiger, you know, Tiger, step up to the plate. Yeah, but the thing is, this, kid, this, 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 kid. this kid didn't back it up. He already, This was a tournament before this. Well. He didn't back it up. So it's almost like, it's almost like this snobby little fucking, you know what I want? This is what I want to have happen. I want Tiger to come back, and I want him to fucking shit on the field again. I want him to dominate. I want him to not only get to Jack's thing, but do it, and then look in the cameras and go, you fucking people made me apologize in public. I lost my family and my kids, but you know what? I can still fucking be the best. I am the best. Fuck you, Phil Mickelson, and your fucking flabby tits. You, you know, Whoa. Mac McElroy, your fucking... What if you, Phil Mickelson's you, a fan of your podcast and he hears this? <laughs> I'm kidding, Phil. Lefty, I love you. I told you. Lefty hit the you. masters listening to iTunes and he hears this shit. <laughs> I told you. I told you, Lefty. Since you're half Italian, uh, I give you a pass. And I just called you flabby tits for it. It was, a, it was an unfair. I'm, I'm grabbing Paul's flabby tits right now. Just saying. Yeah, but I wouldn't fucking. I may have flabby tits, but I wouldn't wear a fucking shirt that revealed them. Wouldn't wear on like national, a, tight, a hot on, pink tight shirt. On, on national television. For breast cancer awareness. And month. I should. I, you know what? I shouldn't say that because, you know, I, I, Phil Mickelson's. Yeah, you know what? Who knows? Fuck I heard him. he's a cocksucker. Fuck, Fuck him. him. There it is, a prick. So, uh, and, and Rory McIlroy, you, <laughs> love, you, you, you twenty-one year old, you Mick bastard, you, you fucking, I can oh, I, I can oh, all right, all right, take it easy, you, you lucky this charms, Greek I, 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 <laughs> shut up, win something, okay? Well, That's what I can say to Tiger. No, you could yeah, and Tiger will go, yeah, you know what? It's all in his head. You know I what I mean? When Tiger should, Tiger should say this to somebody. Tiger, you like whores. Embrace that about you. You know what I mean? You're a freaky black Asian. Like, what's the big deal? He, he, he got married, okay? That was a mistake he made. He got married. But, like, you, you, you're a billionaire. You just bought an $80 million house, you fucking prick. And just bang whores. Like, 
That's who you are. No, but see, this is what happened with him. You, you can't sell Chrysler's anymore. No, but Big this, deal. This is what happened with him, okay? This is what happened with Tiger. Tiger got humanized, but he got humanized in the public. He, he got humanized in the worst way somebody could get humanized because it was something that he did bad. It was he humiliated his wife. He has two young kids, and national TV broadcasted all of this. So here you go. You have this guy who is this larger-than-life figure who's got a billion dollars. This, he, he just cleared a billion dollars, yeah. according to Forbes, three months before he's this happened. Is he the first athlete so, to be so, a billionaire? So I, I don't know if he's the first, but yeah. Like he, 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 he got a billion dollars, according to Forbes, three months before this happened. Okay? And, and that's, is, I mean, for a 32-year-old kid to have, you know, a billion oh dollars or a 33-year-old kid to have a billion dollars and he did it playing golf, okay, that's ridiculous. So now... You got this guy who is just this larger than life. He just keeps winning and winning, and then he loses his wife. It shows that he cheated on her, all these different things. He's apologizing into public. What happened to him was he came crashing down so hard and got so humbled and humiliated and humanized so much so quick that I think he, he's actually so emotionally hurt from it that it has affected his game. And I, I'll be honest, guys, and I've said this. I don't know if he's ever... Going to come out. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to... I think he'll win a, I think he'll win here and there. But I don't know if we're ever going to see the Tiger Woods of, like, 2005, 2006 again. Well, where it was just, like, every time he was in that... I mean, people. one thing people don't realize about Tiger Woods is he finished second more lot. times than any... Like, he finished second more times than anybody and still may have more majors than anybody well, when it's all said and done. So this guy, you know, got really, really fucked up from this. In a in a bad way. I man. think he could come back if he does it soon. If he waits till he's too old, then you know he's not. Right? I think he needs to win the Masters, which it doesn't look like he's going to win. I think he needs to win one or two majors really soon, like you said, and get the world ranking. I mean, he went. This guy went from number one in the world for years to, to now he's number five or seven, seven now. Seven. Yeah, now he dropped to seventh in the world. So um, you know, golf organizers are just losing their minds. You know what I mean? Because like this is a cash cow. Like literally, this is why people, casual fans. Won't watch golf if Tiger's not playing. You know, he gave his wife $500 million. His wife got $500 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so I mean, which in the grand scheme of things is, like, he's worth a billion. So, like, if you look at it, it's still, like, I mean, in a couple oh, of years, he'll make that. that he'll How make, long were they married? That's ridiculous, isn't it? 500, oh, I'm sorry, man. That's I, ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you got to hear uh, Burr talks about it. Then he just the way like what she does, you got to hear it because you know it's hilarious. But it's really fucking ridiculous that uh, it, it's really ridiculous that she gets that much money and uh, five hundred million dollars is. You just, could never spend five hundred million dollars. Uh, Mike Tyson could. He blew three hundred million. Mike Tyson blew three hundred million dollars. Like Mike Tyson would literally get out of his Ferrari and give it to someone on the street and just go get a ride to a dealership and buy another car. He Are did you that. serious? Yeah, he did that. He did that. He literally, I think he ran out of gas or something or he pulled over. He had like this ridiculous, I don't know if it was a Porsche or a Ferrari and he just pulled over. He gave it to somebody and went to the dealership and bought a new one. Like that's what he was that's doing. That's insane. Yeah, that's what he was doing with his money. So I didn't need a tattoo in your he head. Gets a, he gets an allowance now by his accountant. Like he can't touch his money because he's so bad with it. So he's only allowed a certain amount of. Uh, they did. A, they were talking about an interview on E60 on ESPN, where um, Mike Tyson can literally not just go into unlimited funds that he has because a he lost so much and he has to have an allowance. That's how bad he is. He's into pigeons now. No, he's been into pigeons since he's been ten years old. Really? Like the, oh yeah. Like that's been the whole thing. Like a pigeons are like he like like what he relates to. He's fucking you know. God bless him. I mean, you get punched in the face for a living. I mean, you can't expect the guy to come out and be like, okay. 
Yeah, you know? you know, you can't expect a guy to be like, you know, get into science. Right, right, right. He's not going to cure cancer. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, after boxing, I want to get into uh, scientific research. No, he's like, oh, I'm going to look at the pigeons and chickens. Yeah, I'm going to fucking race pigeons. I was just going to say something about racing. That's so funny. Like, I'm going to race motorboats in the pond and yeah. you know, I'm going to become a... Um, all right, so let's go into LeBron James's mother getting arrested two days ago. Uh, um, how this? <laughs> yeah, that's all you can say is ah. Uh, uh, like LeBron James needs to go into a cave and just disappear for a while. LeBron, yeah, we're doing this podcast by the way at uh, at the hotel, and I'm actually right now on the air, gonna call up and see if we could get more time because they gave us a two o'clock checkout and it's two fifteen. So I'm gonna call up right now. Are you gonna like let your listeners hear you call? Yeah, and we're going to see what Paul, they say. For those of you who don't know, Paul prides himself on being able to get whatever he wants out of people by being charming. No. Uh, no, 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 he does, he does. <laughs> no, there's a big thing here. You're like, no, watch he... this shit, watch this shit. I'm going to pull this off, watch this. That's hilarious. All right, let's see. He invited the girl to the yeah. show earlier in anticipation of this moment. He's on hold. He's waiting to connect. Hey, Tisha, how are you? This is... Uh... Tisha. Paul in uh, That's not room, the girl. Uh, 200. Um, I was just wondering, we had a 2 o'clock uh, late checkout, and we're just finishing up here. I was just wondering if we could get maybe like another hour. Doesn't look good. Okay, okay. That's fine. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right, we got 45 minutes. Oh, we got till 3. She said anything after 3 o'clock, and we get charged half a day, so we can't do that. So we got 45 more minutes, but we'll be, we'll be done this uh, soon. Yeah. Here's the, you got to work the system, people, you know? Fuck this 11 o'clock. Let me tell you something. Anytime you stay in a hotel, if they tell you 11 o'clock, it's horseshit, and you really don't have to be out by 11. But what they're doing is they're buying themselves time because they're fucking lazy, and they don't clean the room on time when they're and supposed to. our cleaning lady's right outside the door, too, so... Well, I hope she listens. Hopefully she doesn't speak English. Yeah, it's like, how long does it take? First of all, I'm not a slob. You come in here, you make the bed in two seconds, and you put new towels in, and it's done when it... When you got to change the sheets... Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. They change the sheets too. They're fucking. They they change. They're professional sheet changers. She can literally come in here and fucking whip that up like we. You know, I want to see. I want to see. Like with a stopwatch. I, my guess is that the fucking sheets. Five are minutes. Not, uh, less. Like it's a pit crew. I say. Fi- I, I say five minutes. Both bets. Oh, I'm going the over. I'll bet you. You taking the over? I'll bet. I'll bet five How bucks. How fucking hilarious would that be if, if we were standing? No, watching her with stopwatches. And I'll I'm like, it. and I'm do like, it. come on, Renata, come on, fucking whatever. It is. <laughs> Renata, she's <laughs> like an Italian car. Uh, if this thing doesn't take, how fucking that would be horrible. We have to do it over in the car or something. Yeah, well, you know, we're charging it. So, um, all right. So uh, LeBron James's mom gets arrested two days ago. Um, this is the second big scandal. Le- LeBron James's mom. Um, you know there were rumors that Delonte West, when he was on the Cavaliers, was having sex with his mom. <laughs> you heard that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's crazy, like the craziest yeah. guy in the Cavaliers, like Des- schizophrenic, like desperado. Yeah, driving his motorcycle with driving, a machine gun. He was driving a motorcycle with a guitar case with, with a, guns with, in yeah. it. Yeah. So and that's why I called him Desperado. If my mom fucked that guy, I would be so mad at her. And and like yeah, and it's just like LeBron James is this guy. He's got all this money. He's got whatever ninety million dollars from Nike. He's got a max deal in the NBA. He's considered a top two players in the league. All this great shit. And his mother, his mother's getting arrested because I think like they didn't get her car on time or they didn't do something on time at a hotel. So she started freaking out and they found alcohol on her breath. And I don't want to talk about a guy's mom because, 
you know, your mom is your mom, and, uh, you know, and I, I actually feel for LeBron on this because it's a touchy subject because it is his mom, but here's the thing. Why the fuck, like, is LeBron, like, why is she acting like this when she has everything? Because she used to have nothing, and she's been waiting for this ever since LeBron was in, like, seventh grade. Everybody was like, "This guy's gonna be the greatest thing ever." So it's just like it's like you. It's like saying, "All right, Paul, you won the lottery, but it's gonna. We have to wait ten years to collect." I would just be like, "Mom, here's the deal, okay? I have fucking five hundred million dollars. All right, I'll have I'm you gonna killed. take you out later. You're afraid up. Like I will. Not, like you have everything you could ever want, and we're going to dinner later, and I'll buy you a fur coat if they take five extra minutes. Just let it be. Yeah, just <laughs> Please, chill out. Do you understand that I'm in the public eye? Like, do you understand? Like, like uh, the world hates me right now. Yeah, you're not helping. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, like cool I, out. I had the worst off season maybe of any athlete ever in history. Right, right, right. I went from the most loved to the most hated in like five minutes. Like I get booed everywhere I go, and now my mom. Now you're getting drunk and yelling at valet people. Thanks, bitch. You know what would be great if she just turned to him. She goes, you know what? Fuck you. I bought you a Hummer when you were in eighth yeah, grade. Right. You know, I, I was brought there. you into this world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your mother. If my mom was getting arrested and people were coming up to me in comedy clubs, like like if I got to a level where like everybody knew who I was and people right. were like, dude, your mom is, uh, your mom got arrested again, I would just be like, how old? And his mom, what's his mom like? Three years younger than he is? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> she had him when she was two and a half. Lebr I mean, um, no, my mom's sixty-five though. You know what I mean? Like she can't walk too well. I can't imagine her like getting drunk and like yelling at like. Yeah, but give her fucking. 20 million tomorrow. I bet you she'll start acting up. She wouldn't start acting up. I don't know. If I, I think if my she, mom... She would buy like a bunch of Hummels. You know what I mean? Like she would buy like... like <laughs> she'd have like 50 cats and a bunch of porcelain dolls everywhere. Like that's what she would do. What's with women with cats? Oh, my mom's got cats. No, every... like how come like... You, you never hear of a cat man. Like it's very rare they're, that you hear they're of gay. a... They're gay. Like, I, I like... dated this girl once. She had cats everywhere. <laughs> said, how many cats do you have? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, Dude, if you, you know, ask a girl how many cats they have and they don't know? You know I'm into this uh, animal hoarding and I'm into the fatal attractions. Like, I'm into those shows. Yeah. And what I find hilarious is, like, these people have, like, 82 cats and they're like, this is the love of my life. You know, like, this this, this one girl had 82 cats in her house. 82. 82 cats. Yeah, the house was a mess. Things were chewed up. There was, like, cat shit everywhere. It was a mess. But the funniest thing is, like, they say how much they love them and they're their kids and they know all their names and stuff, but every time they go in and, like, fumigate and clean the house, there's, like, a dead cat skeleton under the couch. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's like, did you forget that you one? forgot about Timmy. Did you? <laughs> yeah, because Timmy's been rotting for yeah. six months. Um, yeah, that's... You but it's, make... it's so weird to see somebody with that many cats. No, they're crazy. Yeah, that, see, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's a psychological thing. Yeah, it's like people get tattoos and they just can't stop. Same thing with cats. Just start like, who need like one cat's too many to me. Like I'm, I'm I mean, I got I got two cats. They're brothers. We got them because we couldn't get a dog. Yeah, that's like yeah, like cats are like the white wine of the animal world. Like you know, that's like ah, uh, can't get a dog. My apartment won't allow me. I will right, we'll get a cat. <laughs> we need something. Yeah, we need yeah, something. We need something. Some, something up. Yeah, we need a step up from a hamster. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I can't just have you and we need a buffer in here. You know what I mean? We need something else to love besides you because. Uh. All right, so let's talk about why the Knicks are better than the Sixers. Um, oh, my God, the Knicks are better. First of all, I was telling you this the, the other Knicks day. The Knicks just squeezed past the 76ers for the sixth spot. We're going to the playoffs, folks, and we're going to shock the world in round one. What do you think? I don't think it's going to happen. You think we're going to lose to the... Who, what, who are we playing? Who are we playing? In the sixth seed? Who does the sixth seed play? Six, Miami? Is, will you play Miami? Yeah, you'll play Miami. 
It's tough. It's a bad match. Well, first of all, you, you, you do have two, almost three superstars. I think we got a shot. I know this sounds crazy, but I think we got a shot against anybody to go seven. Yeah, as long as they're horrible offensively, you guys have a shot. Like, we, if they can't, like, they're, well, the Knicks they're play like they, Butler. But we did win. We just won. You have a chubby we, superstar. We just won five straight going into the playoffs. Would you lose six is, straight before that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Knicks. Yeah. That's the Knicks. So we got to hope that we can kind of keep this thing going. And uh, maybe we don't look like we're on a video game. You will never defense. win with Mike D'Antoni. Probably. Okay. Probably and, unless Carmelo decides to start playing defense. But like I told you, he's still got baby fat. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've never seen a chubby or superstar. Yeah. No, he, he... And he looks... The thing about him sometimes is he looks disinterested sometimes. Yeah, like Eli Mann. Like he looks... Yeah, like... like Melo looks disinterested and... Um, and, I like uh, Billups. I like. I love Bill. Um, Amari is the best. Amari's great, I and mean, I'm Amari so happy that his knees healed up because he's a beast. Before and before Carmelo showed up, he was a monster. He was like he was like a possible MVP candidate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the talk, you know what? We're we're gonna we got a lot more to talk about with the playoffs uh, in future podcasts. But uh, I'm rooting for Tiger. I'm gonna go after we leave this hotel room. We're gonna go and uh, uh, before we go to the movies, which I'm gonna get into the movie segment now. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm rooting for Tiger Woods to come back, and I want all these young golfers to stop talking shit, and I want them to fucking... Uh, I want everybody to talk shit. Nah, and I, then just get shit on. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing. Like, Tiger also needs to maybe shut he these needs people that. up. Maybe, yeah, maybe he needs people to just start running their mouths. Because, like, think about it. If you were the best at something, I know that's hard for us to imagine. <laughs> but, like, imagine just being, like, the best ever at something, and then all of a sudden you, you're mediocre, and people start running their mouths. But, see, here's the thing. You have it in you. Okay, yeah. you've come back. You've been in second so many times, and you've won more times than anybody. It's like you are the guy, and you need to snap out of this. There's nothing worse than somebody who can do it, but they're just—it's—it's it's a mental thing, and it's—I mean, this guy was beaten in public, basically. I think if his wife dies in a horrible accident, you're going to see Tiger bounce back. No. Like if she's Jesus. off the face of a planet, he'll well, feel mean, better well, about life. Maybe not life. die, but I'm, like if I'm they just kidding. shipped her to I'm like kidding. you know well, Sweden. She, she is in Sweden. She bought a house in Sweden, yeah, but she just bought a big house in Florida too. Oh, she, she like looked- one up them. He bought an eighty million dollar house. She won up no, them. No, she, she 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 bought like literally like a compound in Florida, like a beautiful she, compound. She bought Saint Augustine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy, um, you're gonna need to move out of your house. I gotta be honest though, man. I think maybe the fact that he's not around his kids, um, you know, always, and he's like a single dad. I mean, I gotta be honest, man. I have a little boy. Uh, my son's gonna be two years old in May. Cute Great, kid. Greatest thing. Thank you. Greatest thing that uh, ever happened to me. And and it's like I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. Like not being able to see him or like that, you know. So and then having to go and compete in front of the world while that's going on, it's got to be tough. So I just want him to just bounce back and shit on everybody. Um, well, he's never faced adversity before like this. Well, that's the thing, you know and, I mean? and, and and you know what? I I give him a year or two. Like if he doesn't do it yeah, by this but, time next year. But it's like Jordan's dad died. What would he do? He shit on him. Shit on everybody. He came. Back. He took adversity and he turned it into motivation. Like yeah. Tiger is not doing that. No. And so maybe because he's never been really tested because he's been so much better. Yeah. And that's part of being a champion, too, is being able to be like, you know, I got all this shit going on, but I'm going to forget about it or use it as motivation, and I'm going to go fuck you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And destroy everybody. Yeah. That's what Jordan did. That's yeah. what, like, you know, that's, that's what Tiger should do. I mean, I think so, and I hope he, I hope that he really does do it. Um, all right, well, that's it for sports now. Um, I can talk about sports. Like, oh, yeah, forget it. No, no, but we got, you know, next time you're on the show, uh, we will definitely... Uh, We'll definitely talk about. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about Yankees Phillies because that'll probably be, yeah, you know, when that's going on. We we're going to the game. We're getting tickets. 
if the Yankees and the Phils meet again. Oh, we will. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely will. That's a done deal. Uh, have you been to the new stadium? New Yankee stadium? No, I went to the old stadium with, with you. Me. Yeah, yeah. The year before. Against the Reds. Against the Reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go we'll go to the we'll go to the new one and we'll go. You come down for a Phillies, Phillies game too. Yeah, I want to go in that place, but if somebody pukes on me, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Nah, just don't wear your fucking ugly Yankees hat. <laughs> Alright, well that's gonna wrap it up for sports. Um I told Sean beforehand that I've been bad with this because of everything uh, that I've, that's been going on and all the traveling, that I, I watch a movie and then I review a movie on here, um, and uh, it's just been so long. But uh, we're going to a 5 o'clock movie today, and we're either going to see Insidious, uh, Your Highness, or uh, Hannah. We're going to go see one of those three, so uh, you will definitely get a review of a movie next week. And uh, I'm, trust me, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and we're leaving this hotel. We have a 9 o'clock show tonight, so we basically have six hours to kill. So I am forced to go to the movies, which I'm very, very happy about. So, so that'll uh, walk around Best Buy for three yeah, hours. Yeah, it's either that or walk around the middle of nowhere in Watertown, New York, into stores that we have no interest in buying anything in. Right. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be uh, forced here to go to the movies um, and I will definitely review a movie for you guys um, next week. Now, Sean, one thing, I gave Bill Burr the floor to do this. Uh, me and uh, Joe Matarese did this, um, and you're my third guest, so I'll tell you, I do a segment called That's Unacceptable um, for the Week, something that happens that just really bothers you, uh, something that is just basically uh, exactly what it's called, unacceptable. So uh, you have the floor. What what happened to you recently? What what is just unacceptable to you? I oh, know to you, me personally. Yeah, just, yes, yes. What uh, I mean, me you personally? could say your, your doctor missing your your diagnosis of something or what anything that you because I know that you just had surgery on your shoulder. What what have you seen recently that is just completely unacceptable and should never happen? Oh my God, I've had a pretty good week. So it's t- I mean, I had surgery on Monday. So I don't know if that's unacceptable. But uh, no, oh, no, all right, I'll tell you what's unacceptable. I'll tell you what's unacceptable. No, he just shot his back. No, 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 no. All right, I had surgery a few months ago, okay? And then I go back into this doctor, and uh, they do this thing where they, it's called a nerve blocker, and they deaden the nerve in your arm. And the last time, first they give you this little cocktail where they shoot you up full of a bunch of drugs, and thank God I don't know what it is because I would, I would sell my soul for this feeling. But, you know, so I'm sitting there with the IV, and I'm waiting for this cocktail because they keep promising me it. And then they... um. They give it to me, and then they start giving me the nerve blocker, and it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world, where it's like shocking your whole body up and down. It's like ah, uh, uh, and I was like, I don't remember this. Like you're getting electrocuted. Yeah, it's like you're getting electrocuted. Like you licked your fingers and stuck them in a light socket. That's what it feels like. And I said to the doctor, I said, I don't remember this from last time. You guys knocked me out more. And he's like, Oh yeah, I only gave you half of the dose though, because we were having such a good conversation. Jesus. You don't know me at all. That's unacceptable. Uh, unacceptable. Knock me out. We can talk later. Like, <laughs> we'll get a cheesesteak or something like that. You know, like, we were having such a good... We're, you, know yeah. what, you know what? We are having such a good conversation. Yeah, it's like match.com. During, yeah. this, uh, during this heart transplant. Yeah. Wait, I forgot to give you the anesthesia. Yeah. Sorry. Did it hurt? keep you awake. Yeah. Like, are you a fucking asshole? I figured, you know what? While I rip this guy's chest open and drop a new mm-hmm. heart in, yeah. I'm thinking... This, hey, guy, this is a great talk. Like the dentist this, ask, like asking you questions that he wants answers to when he's got a drill. This is a great talk. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to... Because I'm nervous. So when I'm nervous, I'm trying to make people laugh. You know, I'm like trying to be funny, but I'm, I'm lying there. So and your like, talent basically ruined your... Well, yeah. I mean, like, just because I was making this guy laugh, he gave me half the dose. That's fucking... And then the nurse like, oh, well, I wrote it down for a full dose. She's like, just throw it away and say we gave the whole thing to him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll take it home. Like, you know, like... 
You know what's funny? Like you, you wonder like with doctors, and by the way, that is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. That's unacceptable for the week. And and um, I always say when we do unacceptable, you got to say if you ever deal with that, folks, don't let it go. So that's the thing. When you see something like that that's unacceptable or that's just completely fucking wrong, you have to say something. Yeah, but there's a time, okay? It's not like somebody maybe spit on my food. Like, I'm about to be knocked out. Like, I'm going to, like, anything that <laughs> right. they, he could do anything to me for, like, the no, next five afterward, hours. No, but afterwards, afterwards, you got to go up to someone and be like, dude, like, I, I respect the fact that this guy appreciated my conversation and thought I was funny, but, like, at the same time, like, I didn't get what I needed. Right, right. Well, I probably didn't need it. That's, like, the addict in me. Like, what do you mean you only gave me half the drugs? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, that looks like a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're rubbing your nose, your yeah. eyes twitching, you're like, I needed more. Right, right, I needed right. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I would have liked more because... That's that's unacceptable, man. But you know what's funny? It makes you think about like doctors if like they ever like whisper when somebody's under. Like, dude, I thought I gave him a little more than I should have. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like, that has to happen. Like, you know, a cook in a kitchen has been like, ah, you know what? Let me know how they, you know, what they think yeah, about yeah, that yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of fucked up the steak. Yeah, yeah. I've Everybody like, messes like, up. Like, like, but in the medical field, like that's like there's you, two. You could die. Here, here's the thing, okay? If a comedian, there's a few jobs that you could suck or you can't. If a comedian sucks one night, crowd leaves saying that guy wasn't that funny, I thought he wasn't good, fine. If a pilot sucks, everybody dies. He can only right, suck right, once. Right, right, okay? right, right. You suck you, once and you need a new job. You, you suck once or you're dead. Or you're you know, dead. Uh, you know, uh, if, if, uh, if a medical, if a doctor giving surgery sucks, that's like, that is life-changing and, yeah. and life-threatening. Well, now they ask you, like, because people were, like, doing the wrong arm before and stuff like that. Now they have all these redundancies built in. Where, like, Did they somebody ask you, get amputated? The wrong arm got yeah, amputated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ask you a million times. Like, it must have asked me 20 times, which arm? And then they ask me my name, my birthday, my address. And, like, this is it. And then they start pumping you up with drugs. It'd be funny it's if like you fucked It's like a sobriety test. It'd be funny if you fucked him. You're like, I don't know. Which arm do you think? No, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Just have I'm not playing games. Be like, I don't know, you know? You tell me. Well, I went back for a follow-up one time. Dude, how pissed off would you be if you woke up and you had one leg off and they took the wrong one? Yeah, I came in here for tonsils. They <laughs> took my leg off. Let's get my tonsils out. The fuck? I wanted a splinter removed. Where's my finger? Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's unacceptable, man. That That is... Uh, that's bad. Yeah, it might but, not be that funny, but it was the only thing I had that was really unacceptable. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you guys an unacceptable. We'll do a double dose of unacceptable. Me and my wife, my beautiful wife, Stacy, went to the uh, Yankees game on Monday night. That's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we go to see the Twins get shit on by the Yankees. Actually, the Yankees only won by a run. But we're behind these pe- We're in front of these people, okay? These people were behind us, these Jewish people. And the whole time during the game, the whole time, like, not, I'm not kidding, they were talking about like a party they were at and the rabbi was upset because they were drinking too much booze and they weren't supposed to drink the booze and this and that and they're talking about this and then one of the girls is going who's on the mound is that Andy Pettit oh no that's 47 Andy Pettit's 46 meanwhile Andy Pettit fucking retired okay and, about, and, and the guy on the mound was black all right so it was just it was so it was so unacceptable that a these people had no knowledge you know they're sitting in good seats and they're just talking to the point where my wife goes i i paul i might turn around and you know my wife my wife is not even close to doing that and my wife was like i can't i can't take these fucking people is she not close to i can see her doing that and uh, but you know what she's like a sweetheart but that's what i'm see. saying and she's very private and shy and like you know she doesn't like she's not like that but she was getting so enraged because all the people were doing was just 
talking and, talk, and I, it's not even about the Jewish thing. Like I don't care. I'm not being like a. But it was like I, never, I didn't think it was about the Jewish. Thing. No, but it's like because <laughs> because I like I don't want it to be like oh what does he got something to get? No, 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 that's fine. Like if you're Jewish, that's great. But if you go to a Yankee game, I don't want to hear about it. It would be the same thing if like a Catholic dude was sitting there talking about the nuns and the priests. Yeah, but I don't care. Listen, don't go to a sporting event. Okay, and only, not even watch the fucking game at all. Listen, it's one thing to talk. I mean, me and my wife will talk about, hey, do you think the baby needs this, stuff like that. We could talk about that. But we're watching the pitches. We're watching the game. That's the thing about New York fans. Like, you guys, you don't fuck around. Like That's the thing. Knowledgeable and, you know. Yeah, we watch, we watch. Obnoxious, the, we watch know. the game. We don't puke on people, you sick bastards. Hey, it's but but what, what I'm saying, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. That's why we got a prison downstairs from uh, the football field. You don't have a prison in no, New York? No, no. We don't have a prison. We just take the dude. And it's not a prison. Him. It's a jail. There's a difference. Well, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is these people were just yapping and yapping and yapping, and then it would only stop when they got something to eat, and then when they would come back from something to eat, oh, and then we did this, and then we did this, and then we did this, and it was like there was never, oh, well, who's up, uh, how many outs, how many strikes, which relief pitchers coming in, and it was just unacceptable. People, if you if you get tickets to something. Okay, and you're gonna talk about stupid shit like food or what you did the day before. Just give the tickets to somebody. Are you gonna talk about stupid shit like food? Yeah, but like I don't give a shit about your party and what was there and yeah, what you but, drank. You know, for not for nine fucking innings. You know, sit there like they they you could have been like what inning is it? Who's up? And they would have been like I I don't know. Like it they might as well have been at a picnic. They might as well have been in a picnic. All right. You know, it's like, All listen, right, Mel Gibson. No, no, but I'm just saying. Why do you hate the juice so much? <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with the juice. <laughs> See, that's why I had to say that. Because I knew that that was going to come out later. It has nothing to do with that. I shouldn't even have said that. But that's what they were talking about. They were Jewish people talking about their Jewish rabbi. And the Jewish rabbi got mad at their drinks. They didn't want him to drink that much. I don't know if it was a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, any, whatever the fuck they call it. I don't want to hear. Now you it. sound like you hate the Jew. No, Before no, no. I season you, now you're like, oh, whatever the fuck you call it, you're Bob Bot. Who gives a shit? No, no, I'm just saying though. Like I'm telling you, if it was a black dude talking about fucking, you know, easy, you know, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> talking about, you know, what? a what? Catholic dude talking about the priest touching his dick when hey. he was eight. Oh, I can't even say anything because there was a lot of priests who did that. I can't what? even be like it was only like two priests, like. Not like that was like an isolated incident either. Yeah, no, it wasn't. An, yeah, it was an yeah, isolated. It was almost incident. like that was a requirement it to become a, a priest. <laughs> like, all right, initiation. Yeah, that's why fuck I have this a little, little kid. That's why I just have a tiny problem with the Catholic Church. Uh, a tiny, tiny bit. I got a huge problem. With uh, yeah, it's like an, religion. Yeah, it's like yeah. Especially one that like molests. Yeah, it's it's like you know God loves you. Now drop your fucking drawers. God really loves you. <laughs> all right, now we're going to hell. This is getting ugly. Um, There's no. Unacceptable. Stop going to sporting events and talking about shit nobody cares about. At least not for nine innings. You want to talk about for an inning or two, a couple outs. That's innings. it. I'll give you four innings. Four innings. I'll give you four innings, and then it's time to talk about. And then it's talk, time to talk about the game. You know, there were soldiers there. Okay, this is the example I'm saying here. There were soldiers there. A lot of them. In, in fact, sitting in front of us, and they were like, I guess they were like based out of Virginia, and they were in New York for the time. And they're sitting there, and all they gave a shit about was being away and watching a game and enjoying it. And those guys have a lot of shit that they could talk about, but they're at a baseball game and they want to enjoy it. That's all I'm saying. So um, unacceptable. Don't talk people's ears off about stupid shit at a game. Sean's unacceptable for the week was, you know. Give junkies more drugs so they can be comfortable. And oh, I'm, I'm saying there are like relax. three times in your life where it's uh, acceptable to get high. You um, know? Like your surgeries. And all right, that's unacceptable for the week. We could just keep rambling on. And, and, and priests that touched anybody. It's fucking, that's more than unacceptable. 
I think that's death uh, sentence. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm that's no take them out. Take them outside and dispose of them. Yeah, the Catholic Church is like against I mean, pornography and strippers. It's like, dude, you created it. Yeah, it's, it's you're it's, responsible for it. And I love when someone's like, you can't say that about them because that's that's the Catholic Church, and how can you say that? You grew up Catholic, and it's like, first of all, first of all. Can say that because it's true. It's it's yeah, it is true. Like, don't try to cover up. It's fucking despicable. Well, that's, that's what the what bishops were doing. Up. They were covering it up. Yeah, they were covering it up. It's fucking. It's yeah, fucking yeah. sick. If yeah. I found out somebody molested a kid, it's like. Yeah, I'm not trying to listen. I'm not trying to disrespect your religion. Okay. I am. I'm trying. Yeah, no, you, you, you know. Fuck, you hired a bunch of perverts. No, but what I'm saying is, no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like people that like take solace and and have peace in the in their yeah, Catholic beliefs. Yeah, that's fine. If, if you have peace in your Catholic belief and and that's what you are, I'm totally I, I'm totally yeah, for that. Like, what I'm talking about is. The, the, what these people did, okay, if you really want to break it down and talk real talk for a second, all right, and then we got to get out of here. Um, I can't believe we're ending the Verzi effect on this, but, um, you know, don't look at me and tell me that, the you know, Catholics are this and Catholics are that and they're right, and then not bring up the fact that they've, those, those poor kids who were molested and now their lives are changed forever, they are fucking scarred. They are damaged, and they and they were damaged and scarred by the people that they trusted in the most, and what they what they believed in and yeah. sacrificed the most. Yeah. Don't fucking tell me that uh, I'm wrong for saying this, okay? Because when that happens, and I, listen, I, I don't know from experience. Luckily, I was never molested by a, a, you know any anybody for that matter, especially <laughs> a priest. I like how you're getting that out, but but, but uh, no, but like you know, it, it's just you know the people. I know people that were, and I know what it did to them. And I know how it damaged them. And these are the same people that did it that told them that God loved them and, th and this and that. So if you're doing that and, and you're against me saying this, then, you know, I don't Go know what to yourself. say. Go fuck yourself. No, but it's like they, they need a new, like they hired a bunch of perverts, basically. It's their fault. Like if you went to Best Buy and every time you went to Best Buy, like somebody was getting molested, you'd be like, I'm never going to this fucking store again. Right, well, you like, know. They, they hired a bunch of fucking creepy perverts. Yeah. So it's their fault. And yeah. then they covered it up. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's you know? disgusting. It's, and, and you know what? It happens so many more times than... than oh, we didn't even know about it. It's it, probably it, been going it, on for it, hundreds it, of years. It happens so much, so long, that I just have a little problem with taking any anybody really fucking seriously. Well, I, any, any man who says, you know what, I'm never going to have sex. I, I, I have no problem with not having sex for the rest of my life. Like, unless you're a heroin addict, like, there's got to be something wrong with you. Like, and the only reason they did that, we, they don't, the only priests get married, is for money. Right. You know, hundreds of years ago, they wanted all the fucking money after somebody died. So that's what you get. That's what you get when you set these stupid rules. They go, yeah. you can't have a wife, you can't have a family, and you're going to get a bunch of dudes who want to fuck boys. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, me and Sean talked about this on the, on the way up there, and, uh, that, you know, I, I really, I really can say whatever your belief is and whatever you feel good in, um, I'm all for and, and I'm really not for telling anybody what to do and, and what to make them feel, especially if it makes them feel good, whether it comes to religion and whether it comes to politics. One thing that I never wanted to do on this podcast was, you know, be one-sided, whether it was in a Republican way, in a Democrat way, um, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, pro-religion or, or, or against religion. I'm not, I'm not here, and I, hopefully you people aren't listening to me tell you what the fuck I think and what it is, and I'm against that, and I'm against Bill Maher saying what the fuck he thinks, and he says it as so matter-of-factly like it's a fact, and it's not. And the same thing with Bill O'Reilly and all these fucking people, Keith Oberman, they just put their fucking views and what they believe on, and they, and they, you know, especially in, in politics, and they force it down your throat, and they make you choose sides. And I even say on stage, regardless of your political affiliation, okay, and Sean, I know you can agree with this, 
whatever news channel you watch, it, it really does just add fuel to your position and it doesn't allow you to listen to anybody else. And you know, somebody said something about Obama and uh, I said this from the beginning and, and I, you know what, and I'll say it again, he's, he's my president, uh, this is a country I love. Um, and I root for him because at the end of the day, he stands in front of people before for us and, and on our behalf. So anybody rooting against this guy just because you're against this thing, that really doesn't make sense because that's almost like, you know, you being on the Yankees or the Phillies or whatever and, and the manager, you just absolutely like it's like you got to be on board for that time. But I will say this. The bottom line is. And, and, and I have no problem saying this because I know that I listen to both sides. And I know <clears throat> that as I grew older, I've kind of went more independent uh, because I think everybody has something to say. But Barack Obama got elected in this country, in my opinion, by accomplishing nothing. He did nothing. Uh, I never thought that he was qualified for the gig. Uh, you know, I'm not saying John McCain, you know, was any better. I thought John McCain was a little more experienced, but I don't think that he was any better. I don't think Bush was any better. I think all of these guys are lying cocksuckers. All of their kids go to private fucking schools. They're friends. That's the thing nobody understands. These Republican and Democrat people, they're all fucking friends. They act like they hate each yeah, other. they all belong to the same country club. They belong to the <clears> same <throat> country club. Their kids go to the same schools. They sit down there. Their wives kiss each other and go shopping together. You, you and, think and, their wives kiss each other? And, you know, when they see each other, oh, hey, Susie, yeah, how's Timmy? Timmy doing good, yeah? Did you fucking up his fund another hundred grand? Yeah, me too. Let's go play tennis. That's what the fuck they do. Okay, and and you know, you know Barack Obama's had many you know lunches and beers with many Republicans that he calls his dear friends. So we're all being fucking fooled, and I just thought a guy got in there from, from you know the media it was marketing. It was mar marketing, and and this is and and Clever Sean, and, like the, yeah, and the, Sean, and and just so you know, Sean probably leans a little more left. You know, and and when well, I you know, would you say? Well, I mean, I'm, you're in the middle. I'm in the middle, but it's but it like he did, on, but, but yeah, it, it depends on a person. But I mean, like for personal freedom. But, like, the funny thing is if you go to somebody and you say really, if somebody wants to be really real and honest, really real and honest, and you say, like, did Barack Obama really, like, was he really prepared for this? I mean, even the vice president, Joe Biden, said no before he got, yeah, you know. No. Like, the bottom line is a guy who was a fucking community. He was a community organizer. He was a community. And, he got, he was a, and he got elected to the president. savvy marketing. So if you're going to look like me the in the face Dane and really. Cook of politics. <laughs> That is the greatest analogy, the Dane Cook of politics. Listen, I think the guy is articulate. I think the guy speaks well. And I think, <laughs> he should. I, and I think the, no, I know. And That's I think and I think and I think the guy has I think the guy has a lot of good ideas, but I don't think that that makes him qualified and the right person to be president of the United States of America, you know. And when you say that to somebody who's like really liberal, like if you say that to somebody, yeah, you know, no. but see the thing is like it's as dangerous on the right side because the right side, they well, start freaking out. They're like, no, I know. And it's fucking these crazy. Fu and you can't be like that either. But the bottom line is I like to look somebody in the face and go, look, this guy is really like not the, Whoa, this what guy. He done? The, what, yeah, this guy is like, and if you say that, they try to find, this is what I don't like, like real left people and real right people. They try to find a reason and they're just stuck on it and they'll never go, oh, you know what, I can see that point. Right. Like when I talk politics with somebody, I'll, I'll try. To, I see points, everybody's point, and they're like, they don't know what to do. They get kind of like, well, oh, well, that was nice. Like I didn't know if he would like, like how can he see that person who's a Republican side, but then that person says something. How can he see that side? You right. almost freak them out because it, they, because they're so firm. Well, the, I don't like fundamentalist thought, for, like, on any topic. Like you got to be open to the other sides. 
I, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, when, 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 you say, when you say something about religion or politics, and the point I'm trying to make here is I'm not, I'm not trying to say that anybody is wrong or right with anything that they believe in religiously or politically. All I'm saying is listen to everybody. You know, if you listen to fucking everybody and what everybody has to say, not everybody is crazy. Okay? And here's one thing I'll say. Donating your money to any campaign is the fucking dumbest thing ever. Um, if you are donating your money for whether you're Republican, all you're doing is trying to defend your position if you do that. Okay? It's, it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, my side needs to win. I'm going to give. These people have multi, multi, millions and millions of dollars. Do not give them anything. Okay. You shouldn't even spend like, all the money they spend oh my on campaigning God. and advertising. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm really getting to the point. I'm, I'm seriously getting to the point where like I don't know if I want to vote unless somebody really moves me, or I'm just gonna vote for like the independent candidate unless somebody is really fucking. I want a president that is seriously gonna be where everybody is behind him, and and and, oh, and, well, and that's not, not gonna happen. no, and not for not for. Not for any other reason than the fact that then just everybody should be because he makes sense on every level. And it's never going to happen. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, this whole fucking thing about, dude, Barack Obama, the Dane Cook of, is so fucking hilarious. Is so, and I'm rooting for him, man. I hope he does well. Yeah. You know, I hope he does well. He's the president. But, like, you know, it's like, you know, shit's not looking good when the government almost shuts down and shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, we were, like, an hour away from, like, not like having a federal government. Down, like... Yeah, like, and where we are in the middle of fucking nowhere up here, who knows what would have happened. Maybe just... we're in the best place ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New York and Philly okay. burned to the ground. Anarchy and everything. So, um, yeah, I guess the point of the story is don't touch kids, and <laughs> <laughs> which is just fucking despicable, and uh, I guess don't fucking put your biased views on anybody and look at somebody crazy for not agreeing with you. So uh, that was unacceptable. That was a very long unacceptable, and then we kind of went off into onto a little rant. But that's oh, yeah. what we do here yes, on, we on, do. on the on Effect podcast. I want to thank my guest um, Sean Quinn for being the third ever, um, and and a great guest uh, you were. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, next week, uh, next weekend, I am going to be at the Saratoga Comedy Club, and um, I think it's it's not Saratoga, New York, but it's like I think the town over Queensbury, New York. At the Saratoga Comedy Club, I will be doing that next week, and I have some city dates coming up, and I also have a college gig coming up uh, the week after that, which I will talk about on the next podcast. Tonight, we are doing one more show at the Lake Ontario Playhouse here uh, in way upstate New York, and uh, and we are heading home tonight. So thank you. Um, until episode uh, number fifteen. Um, Anything you want to plug, Sean? plug it for you in Philly next weekend, yeah, Saturday. That's right. Uh, Connie's Rick Rack doing a live taping. So uh, it's in South Philly. It's $10 to get in. Cheap. If you are in that area, South Jersey, Philadelphia. South Philly, yeah. South Jersey, yeah. Definitely check out Sean. He's going to be taping his, uh, his uh, first uh, comedy album there. Um, Sean is a fucking very, very, very funny, smart comedian. And uh, he does a lot of shit that people aren't talking about. Thought-provoking, but hilarious. Uh, so definitely go and check him out there. And um, uh, SeanQuinn.com coming out soon? SeanQuinnComedy.com. SeanQuinnComedy.com. That's Q-U-I-N-N. S-E-A-N. Um, and uh, thank you for everybody who bought the new Shut Up and Touch My Dick uh, t-shirts that were selling like hotcakes last night. I'm not bullshitting, right? Am uh, I, Sean? Yeah. I had a line. I had a line of people to buy them. These are going to be the last batch, and then we're going to do the Verzi Effect podcast t-shirts. But uh, thank you so much. Uh, until number uh, 15... 
Um, I will uh, talk to you guys then, and I will uh, have a movie review for you next week because we are going in about uh, two hours. Uh, take care.